Jake Langham has just broken the Southeastern Conference career hits record. There's a drive. I think he did it. It's way back. Big hand Mack just did it again. Elijah McNamee with a magic moment. Here at the ballpark. Struck him out swinging and the Dodgers will head back to the College World Series. And welcome to Dogpile Podcast. I'm Matt. Dogpile, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Land Bank! Visit them online, mslandbank.com, where they understand the lay of the land, whether it's big farmland or hunting land, recreational property, maybe a spot to build that dream home. They understand it. As farmers, they understand you that farming isn't just the simple life. Sometimes it's big business, spreadsheets, employees, and you need a big loan every now and then. Well, that's where you want to start is at Mississippi Land Bank. Welcome into Dogpile. Hail State, everybody. I'm Matt Wyatt, and appreciate you tuning in as we kind of get ramped up here going into the 2020 season. Today, a fun episode talking to Ross Mitchell, former left-handed Bulldog pitcher, relief pitcher. I think he may have started up some games. Uh, guy out of the pen, though, as y'all remember, on those fun, on that really fun 2013 team. Ross was the number 48 crafty lefty. Came in there, didn't throw very hard, didn't have to. Ball moving all over the place, and nobody could touch it. And uh, he was also the guy that the, the bench mob would catapult out of the dugout in pregame, you know, to kind of get the juice going a little bit. And you guys may have heard Ross in recent years helping – out on the radio broadcasts and things like that. Ross uh, is doing well. He's in the Jackson area, lives in Flowood, and he recently started a new business. I was talking to him about that kind of afterwards, uh, some details I didn't know. The name of his company, Magnolia Stripe and Seal. He has a business where they go in and uh, stripe and seal coat and sometimes, you know, apply asphalt in parking lots. So building, repairing, maintenancing parking lots. And it's a heck of a business. He's doing really well. Uh, they've recently adopted a, a child. And so he's a brand new dad. Ross got a lot going on, but not too much to join us here on the podcast. So I'll look forward to that. Hope you do as well. And and uh, get to hear from Ross a little bit, kind of looking back, but also previewing this 2020 season, looking ahead. Before we do that, though, I want to give you some information really quickly here before we jump into the conversation with Ross Mitchell. Rhett Hobart, he's somebody that y'all know, and I'm sure you follow on Twitter. If you don't, you should, at Rhett Hobart, spell it out. He's the assistant AD at State for marketing and branding, and you see him at events, running events, at press box, at pretty much anywhere, anything to do with marketing, branding, Mississippi State sports. Rhett, I appreciate a little time here on the podcast, and just real quick, I wanted to let folks know off the top, this is fresh information. I want to get it out there before it's too late. First of all, 34th straight sellout. So like it's a hard sellout at Duty Noble Field this year, huh? Yeah, you know, we're pumped about it. It's the 34th straight year of our all-reserve seating being sold out to Noble. Essentially, every year since the old ballpark opened in 87, we have sold out every single reserve seat in the house. And the new park, that's a lot of seats. So uh, we're excited for that. And it looks like it's going to keep going from here, too. All right. And so I saw what you tweeted earlier on the sellout. 
But there were three things that were still available, and I just kind of wanted to run through those with you real quick to make sure. sure we're clear. All right, so first of all, a $225 mobile access pass. What are we talking about there? Yeah, so that's a brand new concept for this year. We actually kind of piloted a little bit for, for men's basketball this year. Um, but basically what it is, it's a way to get access to already sold chairback seats. So, you know, in, any sporting event you go to, you, you hardly ever have 100% scans on your reserve seating. So it's a new concept. We actually had a company kind of build this concept out for us. It's an all-digital model. So you pay $225 uh, and you get a ticket to every baseball game. And how it works is 24 hours out, you get a text um, that says, hey, you're going to come to the game tomorrow. You respond to the text with yes, if there are chairback seats available based on, we're, we're using an algorithm that computes um, historical scan data based on game times, opponents, day of the week. And so for each game, we are going to deliver uh, based on availability and access to chairback seats. So you might get a access to a lower level chair back or a upper level chair back. And it's not going to be assigned to a specific seat. Um, you're going to be assigned to a level and then you can move around that level as available. Now you may end up in a, in a seat where somebody comes to the game. We're just going to ask you to move to another seat. Um, kind of like we've done in the past with our students um, as seats are, are available, you move around, but you have a ticketed access to a chair back seat for those games. So ticket to every game, and then a chairback seat when available. Um, and I think that'll be a, a good bit throughout the season, probably barring, obviously, Super Bowl weekend. Really cool. Okay, and so that's the mobile access pass. Then you've got available $199 general admission season tickets, which is for any part of the stadium for the season that is not like a de designated seating. Is that right? Correct. And one thing I should have mentioned, too, we only have 75 of those mobile access pass tickets left. So yeah. if you want to get one of those, good time to get it now. Um, but on the GAC ticket, yeah. So the best way to think about that and the great thing about this ballpark as it was built is, you know, there's not a bad seat in the house. You can great viewing area everywhere around the stadium. And so much coming to a baseball game is the experience. So a GAC ticket gets you in the ballpark to any thing that's not a chair back. You can yeah. walk in there. You can go hang out in the outfield and the on the outfield in the left field lounge. You can enjoy the berm seating. You can enjoy the concourse drink rails. You have a full 360 degree area of the stadium. You can walk around and enjoy anything in the ballpark that's not a chair back seat. And that's available for $199 for the season that gets you into every single game. Okay. And that's the general admission season tickets. And then the last thing you mentioned in the tweet is that there are available $75 general admission flex plans. What are we talking about there? So how that works is you pay $75 and you get 10 tickets. So that's 10 tickets you can use for 10 games, one ticket per game. You can use 10 tickets at one game. It basically gives you a discount on buying 10 tickets and you can, you can use them however you want. You can break them out into three for one game, seven for another, uh, but it basically gives you a discounted rate on a ten on a set of ten uh, GA tickets for the game, and you can use them however you want. Okay, all right, and y'all listen. If if you that's a lot of information, go look at Rhett's Twitter feed today, Thursday, at Rhett Hobart. Um, that would have been tweeted somewhere around two p.m. or a little after two p.m. And just to reiterate, Rhett, um, as of now, the mobile access pass, which is two twenty five, you got seventy five of those left. Any idea how fast you expect those to go? They've gone pretty fast this year. So, I mean, I would expect, you know, the next couple of weeks those to be 
sold out uh, based on how quickly people jump on this. But uh, if you have questions about how that works, hillstate.com slash access pass gives you a ton of information there about how it works. Um, but that's the best way if you want access to a chairback seat for a season basis, that's the best way. Um, one thing I didn't mention that would be in, uh, interesting too, you know, each week we put on sale um, available individual game chairback tickets mm. um, that we have held from basically visiting team allotments, those types of things. It varies in quantity by the week, but those are made available on Tuesday mornings to Bulldog Club members on a first come first serve basis. And if anything is left, they go on sale on Wednesday to the general public. So one thing to keep in mind as well, if you're wanting an individual game chair back, uh, you can buy those based on availability each week if you're a Bulldog Club member on Tuesdays. Very cool. Rhett, really appreciate the info, man. Great job, and uh, we'll see you at Duty Noble real soon. Appreciate it. It's coming up quick. Thanks. Let's flip it over. Here's what you came for. My conversation with former Bulldog great on the mound, the lefty, number 48 in your program, number one in your heart, Ross Mitchell. Crafty lefty, that's what they always said. And, you know, it carried a certain connotation, but all in the world he ever did was get outs, out after out after out after swing and miss, after ground ball. So whether it's crafty or not, it worked. And he's right now in your ear, Ross Mitchell, number 48 in your program, number one in your heart. Ross, what's up? Uh, Not much. Uh, just uh, enjoying this beautiful day. Yeah, I hear you. So we're inside of a month until baseball. You know, we're going to throw out first pitch 2020 season. For you as a former player, this time of year, um, is it under your skin? Do you start thinking about it? I, I would say within about a week or two, I really start anticipating opening day. Watching baseball may not be my favorite sport but watching opening day of baseball i don't think there's anything more exciting to me what about major league baseball i mean that runs in your family it, same kind of thing too when when opening day of major league baseball rolls around no not really uh, hmm. i don't know there's just something different about college i think it's the fact that you're seeing new faces and you're kind of getting to see the talent that's going to be there that year and i think that's one of the you know the neat things about college sports in general is just seeing those uh the new new players and seeing how they perform and uh you know whether it's a hitter or a pitcher what they got and so i I really enjoy that part of a new season that's it new faces i mean as you glance at it and on the surface we go right away we go okay replacing jake mangum replacing mcnamee you know and then we go down the list Plumley and these others but with Mangum at the top of that list, what do you expect State to go through trying to replace that kind of production? Well, I feel like every single year there's going to be one or two players that perform in a way that you did not expect. I would, you know, I would say Justin Foskey was probably that guy last year. You knew he had talent, but you didn't know he was going to make that that step so quickly. And I would think Westberg would be another guy. And then so this year you anticipate that those guys are going to be able to do what they did last year again this year and then you're going to have two or three new guys come in that also uh, perform in ways that we didn't see last year and and probably a freshman or two so there's always going to be a void when you lose a guy like Mangum and a a leader like McNamee Uh, but that's what good teams do they replace those guys with with other talent and uh, they may not look the same as a 
Mangum and, and what they can do, but uh, there's always going to be that those couple guys that you didn't know going into the season were going to be big contributors. And there's um, Rowdy Jordan, you know, moving over to center field, going to at least start the year, according to Coach Lamonis. We'll see how it goes for him in that leadoff spot. What do you kind of expect to see from him? And it is is that a big challenge where you're not only moving up to the leadoff spot in the lineup for Rowdy, but he's got to move over a spot in the outfield too? Yeah, I, I definitely think he has the makeup to to be able to take over that role and do it very well. Uh, we've seen so many spurts of him where he can just become very electric. Uh, so I think as a state fan, what you would hope for this year, and I think you mentioned it, is that he can just stay away from those those early season slumps mm-hmm. and be able to just stay consistent throughout a whole season. And I think if he does that, uh, it's going to be a very special uh, leadoff man for us. And, uh, you know, I, he's probably a little bit more patient than Mangum, but I see a whole lot of characteristics that Mangum had in him as far as just ready to hit at all times. Um, Ross on the mound. Um, I, it was a we had a little bit of a laugh when I interviewed Chris Lamonis. I asked him, you know, about the weekend, and I say, you know, it's too early. I'm not going to ask you who your Sunday starter is, but how's it shaping up? And he kind of smiled and he said, "Well, uh, JT Ginn's going to throw for us on Friday nights." <laughs> and as if we didn't, shocker. Already, yeah, shocker, as if we don't already know that. I, I keep asking you, you know, like what you're expecting to see from these guys, but. With a year under his belt, and now he's the lead dog, what do you expect from JT? Yeah, I think last year I was – I think the most impressive thing that I saw was his maturity and the way that he could slow a game down. Uh, For freshmen, that can be very challenging, especially when things start to go bad. Mm -hmm. And he had a very uh, unique ability to just – almost just be able to breathe relax and just get to the next batter and and you saw some of the you know the other freshmen uh get rattled a little bit quicker mm-hmm. so i think even having a full season and now being kind of uh you know given the role as a leader on this pitching staff whereas i think last year that was definitely ethan small uh so he didn't have to be that leader he could kind of learn and now taking on new responsibilities as a leader of the staff, uh, I think it's just going to give him a little bit more confidence. And I think he can continue to slow the game down like he did last year. It's going to be very special. And for these new guys that are going to be possibly taking over that weekend role, that's going to be the biggest thing. How quickly can they learn to slow the game down? How quickly can they, uh, you know, Take away the distractions of when things aren't going well, and, and just and just pitch. And yeah. if they can do that, then it'll be it'll be a good special year because we got the talent in the arms. Uh, we just don't have the maturity yet. Yeah, you um, you say slow the game down, and you mentioned you know kind of taking a breath and kind of the internally in your own head slowing it down a little bit. But if you were to get technical with me a little bit on the mound. Are there some physical things you go through when you're slowing the game down in terms – I know you're on the pitch clock, but in terms of throwing over and holding runners and all that, take me through some of the technical aspects of how a pitcher can slow the game down, Ross. Yeah, I remember one uh, thing that we did uh, when Coach Thompson was with me and 
we even if we went to a new stadium uh which later on in our career we would only we wouldn't practice at a stadium before we uh traveled uh but what he'd have us do, and especially at Duty Noble, I had two different things that I could look at in the field. And one of them was, I think it was behind home plate, we had an NCAA logo. Uh, and then, and then behind, I think in the, maybe behind the scoreboard or something, there was an SEC logo. Hmm. So those were my two focal points. Uh, the first one, NCAA, I had to remind myself, hey, I'm playing college baseball so I've, I've obviously done something to get to that point and then my second one was the sec it was just a reminder not only am i playing college baseball i'm playing at the highest level and just being able to kind of separate myself from the crowd from the situation and just see that focal point and remind myself of why i'm even here uh that was that was one of my tools to slow me down relax and then kind of refocus yeah really cool isn't, isn't it kind of crazy too you know you mentioned ethan small it's like we always go to mangum we always start there you know you're going to replace mangum in that production and that leadership but it was actually ethan small who was the bell cow that i mean he's the first rounder you know <laughs> and 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 i guess is it because there's a former first rounder stepping into that role that we don't lock in on you know the loss of Ethan Small as much when we talk about this year's team? Uh I don't know. I as a I, I think that's a huge loss. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think it's gonna be um having a first rounder on a Saturday, that's just like an added bonus. Yeah. Uh but you know th- what Ethan Small was able to do and just how he is able to consistently go out there and, and keep the team in the game. Um I mean that's that's what he did last year is hard for anybody to go out and, and replicate. Sure. Uh, I mean if if JT could go out this year and do what Ethan Small did last year, I mean that would be an incredible year. Mm-hmm. I mean and 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 he would be talked about for years to come, and he probably wouldn't be here next. You know, for his junior year. Right. Uh, but I, I mean, what Ethan Small did was spectacular, and you know. I, if we could find another guy to do what JT did as a Saturday guy, uh, I think that really gets the team where they need to be to be able to make a run for Omaha and, and potentially win the SEC. Still a ways to go with Ross here uh, on the podcast, Dogpile, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Wanted to step in, though, just pause for just a sec and hear a word from our sponsor, Mississippi Land Bank. Check them out. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus. We've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. All right, thanks for that from the folks at Mississippi Land Bank. Now let's kick it back over to the second half of our interview with Ross Mitchell. And, you know, the name that I hear a lot, Ross, is uh, Christian McLeod, someone who they obviously are really, really high on him and his ability. And I I'm, I'm believe I'm 
the right impression that he's a lefty. But, you know, it was like a, a little minor injury thing, and he wasn't out there last year. So, again, as a former player and experienced guy, you played the position, you, you've been around the game your whole life, going from all the potential in the world to now in your first year, you may have to make that potential work for you on Saturdays in the SEC. How big of a jump is that? Yeah, it's a big jump. Uh, anytime you can redshirt, uh, there's there's definitely bonuses to it because mm. you're 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 working out and you're just kind of honing your skills. But there's also uh, you can't deny the uh, the value of getting game reps and being out there. You can't replicate that in practice. Uh, but you know, he I think he had a sickness that that prevented him from playing last year. So. I, I don't know if it was an arm injury or anything. So hopefully uh, the arm's ready to go. Um, so there's also that benefit if you got a whole year to really strengthen that arm and it didn't get any miles on it. Uh, but I've heard, you know, that he's super talented. He's got a very good build. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him on the mound. I haven't seen him yet. So I think if he can um, – continue to do what he did in the fall and early spring and live up to, you know, what he's already been able to accomplish uh, in the scrim- inner squads against some very talented hitters. Uh, I don't see why he couldn't be a great weekend guy for us. Right. Ross, um, last thing I wanted to do is is look back on something. I, you'll be able to educate me on this. I know that right there towards the end of the time that you were in school, is when the baseball changed. They they changed the makeup of the ball, right? They went from a, a a ball with a certain type of seams to a ball with a different type of seams. And so my overall question is, how has the game changed since you were playing as it relates to maybe that, that ball change? We've seen bat changes over the years. But in those now what's been you know six, seven years ago since you were playing – how much has the game changed? Yeah, uh, you know, I think the uh, hitters' approaches have changed a little bit. Um, you know, you see a whole lot more uh, home run swings, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And, and you're seeing more home runs than you definitely saw when I was playing. I remember you'd see a guy just seem like they smoked a ball and it's 10 feet in front of the warning track. And you're like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. But I was usually on the uh, the good side of that, uh, being a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I definitely noticed the, the, when the seams did change, that definitely allowed the ball to fly out a little bit better. And they, I feel like when they first went to the BB core bats, they were a little dead. And they, I think they put a little bit more life into them to allow the ball to, um, to have a little bit more speed coming off the bat. Um, but, you know, that's the great thing about baseball. It really doesn't, in, in the grand scheme of things, the game doesn't change much, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, now, we could start a whole new conversation about how it's changing in the major leagues right now. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's the beauty of the game is that it, it, it's pretty much been the same um, forever. And uh, the, what worked in the – 60s 80s that it still works today and uh that's the beauty of it sure last thing ross i just thought i'd um throw this at you 
Skelton's moving on. And you talk about a guy who was, you know, gets the most improved award on last year's team from one year to the next. What he was doing, not only at the plate, which was just out of this world, but behind the plate, the way he handled everything, the way he handled pitchers, the way he handled Ethan Small. And so it's new face back there, whether it's Hancock, which it sounds like it will be, and maybe mixing in some some other guys. Chris Lamonis told me that that Luke Hancock and JT Ginn have been playing ball and travel ball and summer ball together for years. So mm-hmm. knowing each other and having spent time together, even though they're, they've been in school together practicing for a couple of years, that relationship that goes back to ki- being kids together, how big is that for a pitcher? Oh, it's huge. Uh, one of the, especially, it, I, and, and some of it depends on who's calling the game. Um, hmm. but I know that there were some catchers that I had that we just, we knew what we wanted to throw. And, and when you have a catcher that for the most part is always putting down exactly what was in your head, it just gives you an added confidence. Uh, it can become frustrating sometimes when you're wanting something and the catcher's always wanting something else. And, uh, I'm not sure how Lamonis, uh, if he calls the game or not, or gives the pitcher any leeway. Uh, but when you have a good relationship with your catcher, uh, he knows how to adjust. Uh, sometimes the catcher has to make the adjustments for you where he's setting up and how he's setting up. Uh, and if a, a good catcher knows the pitcher, knows what he needs to do to get the catch, the pitcher back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's something that's very important. And that comes with, as you mentioned, time. It comes with uh, reps and, and in-game experience. So that plays a huge factor. Perfect. Ross, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ross Mitchell, former Mississippi State pitcher, uh, part of that team that led him to the College World Series back in 13, and one of the many guys on that team that kind of won you over. Always good to catch up with Ross. Uh, always enjoy your feedback as well. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I am Radio Wyatt. Uh, pushing towards 30,000 on Twitter trying to get to 5,000 on Instagram. Y'all help me out. If you don't follow me already, I'd really appreciate that. I think it's content that you'll find uh, useful or informative from time to time, and hopefully every now and then just a little entertaining as well. And please, if you haven't already, do me a favor and like and follow the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. New content every day, including videos, including live streams just about every day, but other content as well. Uh, throughout the day. New stuff that really you can only get from me on Facebook. So I hope you check that out. Also, like and follow there. And a big old thanks to Mississippi Land Bank. Y'all thank them as well. Give them your business and let them know you heard about them here on the podcast. It's Mississippi Land Bank online, mslandbank.com. And then hit them up on Twitter and give them a follow and tell them I sent you at mslandbank on Twitter. Let them know. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Dogpile, Hail State.